Welcome to The Learning Journal. I'm your host, Erica Zimmer. And on today's episode of The Learning Journal, I'm going to talk about the rejection email. Okay, everybody. So today's episode is about my past week, which has been a little rough, I have to admit. Um, I've been feeling a little defeated by the whole um, job searching and application and um, not getting very far. And then Monday, I got a rejection letter. And this was from a company that I actually had made it, I thought, pretty far. I actually got my hopes up for this company. Um, In the final interview, I met the team. We had a great chat. And at the end of the interview, they told me that the recruiter would be reaching out to me to get my references. And they even asked how soon I could start. Like, how positive of an interview ending is that like I don't think it could have ended any better so I was really excited and I thought I thought for sure this was going somewhere the recruiter reached out I gave him my references and then nothing like complete silence and so like a week and a half went by and I finally reached out to the recruiter again after I had heard from my references that they had not contacted them. So I thought, okay, maybe did they not get the email? So I wrote an email asking if she could give me an update on the status of my application as I am want to make sure I want to keep all my options open as I pursue my job searching. And I didn't get an email back for a couple of days. And then I was told in that email that um, she should be able to give me an update by the end of the day. And nothing. This went on for probably about another two weeks. And at that point, I was obvious that I did not get the job, obviously. Um, And then Monday, I got the rejection letter. And it was kind of a bummer because it felt like a generic rejection letter as if I hadn't actually gotten to um, a late phase in the interview and application process. It was just very much like after much consideration, we made the decision to not move forward at this time. And it was two lines and that was it pretty much. So... Here I am feeling bummed, not really wanting to just pick up the pieces and go. And then my dear friend, Leslie Early um, on LinkedIn, who I met through Design by Humanity, we're on the same um, scrum team and I've gotten to know her a little bit. And she posted something about the wall of awful that same day. And it was such great timing. And I had never heard of this term before, but basically the wall of awful um, is something that you build. It's a psychological and emotional wall that 
can make even the simplest tasks really hard to deal with. So this wall is built on failure. failure. And every time we fail at something, so me getting this rejection letter, we get a failure brick. And then that failure brick leads to a disappointment brick, which then can lead to multiple disappointment bricks if we think that our failure disappointed others, which then can lead to lots of rejection bricks, which then leads to worry bricks. And so they add up and they create this wall and it makes going back to that task really hard. So this is like the simple act this week of looking at uh, job postings. I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And people had sent me some job postings to look over and my wall of awful was so high this week that I couldn't even allow myself to look at these things that people were sending me. Um, you know, when I jo- when I started the job search, I started with a lot of optimism and like excitement about possibilities and things like that. I want to get back to that. I want to I want to find I don't know if there's such a thing as finding joy and <laughs> applying for jobs, but um, I want to get I want to have fun with it at least. So instead of wallowing behind my wall of awful, um, and I'm going to put the link to the video that Leslie put on her LinkedIn page in the comments of this, so you can watch it. The video does an excellent job at explaining the wall of awful and what you can do about it. So So today I finally woke up deciding that I needed to do something differently. I needed to change things up. Whatever I'm doing is not working. Even though I had all those recruiter calls last time, I have yet to have another one. So I don't know what happened if there's some weird algorithm in LinkedIn that somehow I got seen by recruiters for a minute. Um, I haven't been seen since. So I decided I needed to um, do something different. And the thing that I'm going to do differently is my cover letter. I have this really boring kind of cover letter. Um, Honestly, it sounds like anyone in instructional design could have written it. Um, So I reflected today on other qualities that define me that have nothing to do with instructional design. Things that I'm kind of that I'm proud of, things that make me happy. And then I tried to connect that back to those qualities. How do they make me a good candidate for a job? Because I think we have to look at our whole selves and why we would be a good fit for a job and explaining how our other qualities work into our professional life to make us a well-rounded employee and member of a team. So I drafted a cover letter that basically has um, six bullet points stating why they should hire me. And honestly, I don't even know if bullet points are acceptable in a cover letter, Um, but I do know that my other correctly formatted cover letter has gotten me nowhere. So I'm going to experiment with this one. And 
to continue on my streak of vulnerability, let me share with you my bullet points. So this is my cover letter right now. I'm probably going to change it up. It makes me feel uncomfortable because it's so not like anything I've ever submitted before in a cover letter. And honestly, I don't even know if I've ever seen anyone write one like this before. It's, it's, maybe it's not good. I don't know. Uh, so I have a greeting at the top, whatever, dear hiring manager, dear whomever. And then I just start in with why you should hire me. And now I have my six bullet points. So the first bullet point is, I am a woodworker. It might seem like woodworking has nothing to do with instructional design. However, I disagree. A good woodworker has a keen eye for details and works closely with stakeholders to design and develop a memorable and enjoyable product. A woodworker goes through the same phase as, it is as an instructional designer when creating a product before spending valuable time and resources. Number two. I love dogs. What do dogs have to do with instructional design? Well, nothing, but dogs make me happy. I love working from home at my desk with one of my dogs sitting under my feet and another snoring away in the next room over. I find myself to be much more productive and focused working from a home office with my dogs. Three, I want to live in a schoolie which is a converted school bus. Hear me out. I have a goal, and that goal means I need to make money and save up for that goal. I will be dedicated to your projects, and I will work with you to make sure you end up with the exact tool you want for your training needs. Four, I have the education experience. I have an MA in teaching with technology with a focus on instructional design. I also have a... Uh, a bachelor's of science in computer science or computer information systems. And I still remember some HTML and CSS and probably could brush up on some other languages if I needed. I've also been working as an instructional designer for the past five years and I've spent at least 10 years designing learning experiences and digital content. Five, I am an instructional coach. My training and experience being an instructional coach has prepared me to work with clients and subject matter experts to ask the right questions to get the best outcome. As an instructional coach, I work with people to figure out their gaps, what tools they need, and what supports are needed in order to meet their goals. I use adult learning theory to make sure my clients feel valued, heard, respected throughout the process. Adults learn very differently than children, and a good instructional designer knows how adults learn. And lastly, six, I'm a teacher. I know a lot of teachers are trying to break into corporate instructional designs, but not all teachers are made the same. A good teacher knows how to design instruction that is learner-centered to make an engaging, relevant, and enjoyable learning experience. A good teacher knows how to collaborate on a team, ask for feedback, and evaluate their own lessons, and they will often include the students in the design and the development of their lessons. And then I go on to conclude, I hope that something on this list caught your eye, whether you think I'm a good fit for your company or you want to talk about schoolies and woodworking. I welcome your call and hope to hear from you. Yada, yada, yada.
So, I don't know, if you're a recruiter or hiring manager and you're listening to this, I would love your feedback on something like this. Maybe it'll get tossed immediately. Um, I don't know. I'm going to try it out for a little while um, and see where this goes. And hopefully I'll be able to report back um, my findings and um, and hopefully maybe this will lead to more calls and emails from people. So I guess to end this, I would like to know how you get over your wall of awful. Like how do you keep going in this whole process? It is not easy. It is not easy to make that leap. It is not easy to make that change. It is not easy to keep applying for jobs. Um, what are some of your ways to get over that wall of awful? Thank you for listening, and I'm looking forward to your feedback.